It's an 87th Precinct podcast bonus episode. This is the bonus episode for the book, number 32 in the series, Long Time No See. We discussed in our main episode all about the pile of dead blind people that's uh, the main feature of the book. And now we're going to do our usual look at the covers of the editions we've got and the covers of the original publications in the United Kingdom and the United States. I like that bit. First and foremost, we'll go around and have a look at what we've got in our hands here. I'll start. I have got a pan edition from... What year have I got mine from? 77. So... I reckon. Mine's from 79. Ooh. It's not the first printing, but it's the so it's 79 mine. edition. Copyright to the Huey Corporation, H-U-I Corporation, McBain's own company, Hunter's own company. Well, Steve-O, you've got exactly the same edition as me. Do you want to describe the front cover? Yep, there's very simple black background and then there's something that looks like a shepherd's crook. Um, uh, it's a white cane, is it? I think so, yeah. Uh, covered in uh, blood. And that is it. It does make it look a little bit like a kind of Christmassy candy cane. Yeah, yeah well, it's, I would, <laughs> it, it's set in November, is it? Yeah, it's November that the story's set. But it, I thought for a while, oh, it's made it, it's supposed to look like a can- Christmas candy cane. You know, like on Sadie when she died, Mm. and it's like a knife wrapped up in Christmas wrapping paper. But no, it is just... Yeah, not as festive as it may appear. Shepherd-like. Murdered shepherd (laughs) in... uh, The middle of Isola. Yeah, tending to his flock, and that's about it, really. Yeah, it's a gold stripe pan. An 87th Precinct Mystery, so you know it's not the first one, because it would say a new 87th Precinct Mystery. Ah. If it did. Title in the middle, black background, bloodied cane. Yep. And that's that's it really, isn't it? What all you need, isn't it? Really, it is. Yeah, and it's got a what's the word I'm looking for? T- not testimonial. Is testimonial the word where they write a little thing on the blurb on the back? Um. The, the best eighty seventh precinct, as well as the longest for several years, says the Sunday Times, and that was from the review we looked at in the main episode. Well, do they call them testimonials? Is that the right word? Yeah, or has I, my I, brain gone soft? I, I think that. Is certainly a thing you can call them, isn't it? How much did you pay for yours? One pound fifty. I paid for mine. Oh, two pounds fifty. Saw you come in. <laughs> how much was yours? Um, I don't know. Well, let's look at Morgan's edition now. Oh, oh, do we have to? It's gaudy, it's dreadful. You've it's got, the um, the coronet paperback. Um, 1994. 1994. Yes, Hodder and Stoughton. Yeah, that's it. 1994. What a nerd. That's it. Yeah. It's got it's, it's it's bloody awful, isn't it? So big, horrible, um, bright orange McBain, which looks like Mbane, McBain on the front because the C's kind of um, been co-opted into the M somewhere, um, and it's got a picture of just some fellow with wearing dark glasses, one lens of which is is smashed in a rather nasty kind of jagged and slightly bloody way. I don't know where the blood's come from because it's not coming from the eye, which is perfectly intact behind the jagged glass. It's It's so 90s. It's so very 90s and it it looks horrid. Stereo. Frankly. It's... um, He looks like he might be the baddie, but, you know, he's the victim. If I hadn't known what this novel was and that I was definitely going to enjoy it, I would have probably stayed clear on the basis of the cover because it's not a good cover. It's got it's that sort of weird airbrush painting, isn't it, mm. style as well. Very... Oh, it's, uh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, ni- very 90s. 
Yeah. So how much did you pay for it? I, I don't know. You don't I know. think it may have been an eBay one um, some time ago. What's the going rate on eBay these days? Uh, anything up to £3 maybe? Probably around that, yeah. Yeah. Most of those eBay places as well are... You buy them for a penny. And, yeah, yeah, or you, you get like... Um, like buy postage. two, get one free type thing. So you're yeah. getting them for next to nothing anyway. Yeah. Which was a discussion on our Twitter feed, Hark87 Podcast, today where people were sharing some pictures of their collections. And mm. we were... I was saying how sort of it's both nice and not nice to not have to collect anything anymore. So... I don't have to be on the lookout for McBain books and I'm in a second-hand bookshop anymore, but the joy was doing that. Mm. So it's nice not to have to do it because I've got all the 87 Precinct books, but I do miss that sense of like, oh, I'm keeping my eyes open for something really specific that I'm looking for. You know, when you come across a stack of them somewhere, yeah. like I did in Utoxeter Markets once. I read them in order or once upon a time and got started by getting the first four all in one go. And I think I did quite well just hunting them down and, like, stockpiling them. Uh, and I also, my boss read quite a few as well. He was reading them at a similar time. But he never read them in order, so I would just get his passed over. But they reached a point where I knew I was closing down on my... And then started having to eBay them in order right. to, like... Yeah. Make sure I didn't run out so I could carry on writing them in order, reading them in order. I, I still you, you don't. Can, you can write them in order if you want. <laughs> well, yeah. I still don't actually have all of them. Uh, there's still a few left to go, but the odds of me remembering which ones I don't have if I happen to run into them in, a, in the wild in a, a bookshop now are quite slim. Well, this is why I've started utilising spreadsheets, which I leave on like my Google Drive or whatever, so I've always got them on my phone. That's not a bad idea. Because otherwise I would... I've, but mind you, having said that, even with my spreadsheets, I managed to buy two copies of Galahad at Blandings by P.G. Woodhouse in the last month. So. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to Glasgow next month and I'll be visiting um, Alba Books, which is my favourite bookshop. Oh, excellent. Um, and I think I will have to take a photograph of my McBain shelf because there's normally a a hefty uh, stash of McBain's in there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I might be able to complete the collection. I'll, I'll have to forward you the uh, tick list spreadsheet, Morgan, and maybe you can do, you can check it off. Because they're not yeah. massively common in normal, like, charity shops, are no, they? No, Every now and then you'll... Someone will have dumped eight or ten of them at a yeah. time. Yeah, once in a while, yeah. And you generally see the more, like, more modern, like, 90s, noughties ones, mm. or the very early... Re-edition, you know, yeah, the, quite the, nice, you know, reissues. Some of the penguins from early on, things like that. You've run into those, yeah. But these true. types, the less so. Hmm. I well, I will, let's have a look now then at the at the original editions. And so I'm holding up now, and I'll share these as I usually do, the American hardcover version. Okay. Okay. So there's yeah. working a little bit on the, the same theme as mine, but just much, 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 much better design. Yeah, sim- more simple graphics <laughs> yes. design. So it's essentially, it's a pair of dark glasses with one lens shattered, but it's done as a sort of cut out block of colour rather hmm. than rather than a photorealistic yes. airbrushed nightmare. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm scrolling down. Uh, scroll across. Scroll across. Oh, yeah. To the paperback. Oh my god. Crepes. Quickly show me that one. That's the Bantam one, isn't it? It's fairly terrifying, man. Oh yeah, it was the Bantam editions. There's, there's, there's a handful of Bantam editions of these that were first published in Bantam. 
and they are weird looking yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, like spectral, spectral yeah. pencil drawing, isn't it? Yeah. Like a woman being murdered. It looks basically. like, but it's not clear enough what it is when you look at it. So it's like, is this some sort of banshee or something mm. like mystical? Yeah, some kind of, yeah, ethereal apparition. Hand mm, on yeah. the top of her head. Ooh, that's quite spooky, that. Yeah. So we're going bottom left now. You can, yeah, bottom left should be the UK hardback edition. <laughs> <laughs> Describe it, please, Steve-O. It looks like a still from a Dario Argento film, <laughs> it actually. It actually does. There's a guy uh, uh, in a leather jacket just sticking out with a knife. Yeah, just, just a hand. Some, some tomato ketchup on his fingers <laughs> with a tower block and some yeah, lights in the background. Yeah, tower block, tower block in the background. So that looks a bit naff. Yeah. And Although a good, nice idea, but a bit naff. Executed not particularly well. And then and that's our favourite. Yeah, the one we've got. I don't know. what I think that's my favourite. I quite like that one. Yeah, I like that you one look that with the dark think, specs. But that one's quite interesting. It's, it is definitely interesting, the, uh, the the scary banshee. So the American editions are winning on this one, I think, definitely, aren't they? Yeah. In their original format. Mm. I'll put those up on our Instagram and everywhere else as well. As always, Hark87 Podcast, uh-huh. we're there. You can't find anyone else when you search for that, let's put it that way. Let's have a look at 1977 in... We've term... not huffed, we've not oh, huffed. Oh, I'm sorry, Steve. Oh. Like, forgive me, it's been so long. <laughs> Right, okay. He's been on safari in South Africa, making the noise of elephants. Mine doesn't smell, but it does stink. I think mine wins those. Mine mine wins that. That was very efficient huffing. It was. Oh, he's gone in for a second dip. (laughs) There we go. There we are. Okay, let's move on to 1977, (laughs) and let's move on to. I've got the top 10 singles for the week commencing the 27th of March, 1977, the week that this book was copyright registered, Okay. for both America and the UK. Mm. So do you think that suddenly singles? it's going to be very different and there's going to be loads of punk in there? No. I reckon there's loads of people we've never heard of and loads of old blokes. I reckon probably a fair amount of sort of disco-y stuff, probably some dreadful novelty records. I don't think there's any novelty records in oh, here. They for... normally are around that time, but any ABBA? Yeah, there's plenty of ABBA in there. <laughs> yeah. So the number one in the UK was Knowing Me, Knowing You. Of course it was. But the number three in America was Dancing Queen. Oh, yeah. So ABBA were doing all right. They really so they conquered were. America quite quickly then, didn't they? Yeah. When did they make ABBA the movie? That was quite late on, wasn't yeah, it? It was like early 80s, it, Yeah, it? it was, yeah, yeah. With Lou Carpenter from Neighbours yeah. in it. A <laughs> reference. A very strange, <laughs> strange film, that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, an odd one. Anything else? Come on, who else? Have a Oof. guess at some artists rather than some... Uh, rather than specific songs. Uh, Boney M? Boney M were number seven in the UK with Sonny. Excellent, excellent. Um, S- singles are we talking yeah. here? Uh, the Bee Gees... Uh, the Bee Gees, no, not no, in the singles no. chart okay. on this week. What was Elton John up to in 1977? Was he having a year off? I think he was having a sit down. I, was, uh, I think he was still, he had, he'd had a big hit in 76 with everything he'd done and all the albums, so I think 77 was still mm. riding on the coattails of that. that was Brian sense. Ferry starting to do a bit of solo stuff then? Possibly around then. Possibly, but it wasn't in the top ten in, oh. in this period. Well, someone Don, not Don a million Wh- miles away from Brian Ferry. 
<laughs> well, it's David Bowie's in there. Oh, oh of course. Sound and yeah. Vision is number five. Yeah. Someone who was to die that year is in there. Elvis. Yeah, with a song called Moody Blue, which I do not know no, at all. No, number six in the UK, never heard of it. That was passed me by. Let me fill in the gaps then for people here. So in the UK, the top spots were, knowing me, knowing you, Abba, David Soul was number two with oh. Going In With My Eyes Open. Oh, I don't think I know that one. No, neither do I. Is number the, two hit. Don't Give Up On His Baby, I think, is the, the one that I remember. Well, he had that in America. It's going ah. on. The Manhattan Transfer were at number three with oh, Chanson D'Amour. Shawaddy Waddy. Oh, Under the Moon of Love. No. With When. I don't remember that one. See, this must have been the week where all the people put out singles that <laughs> no one remembers. Ah, Sound and Vision, David Bowie, Moody Blue, Elvis Presley, Sonny Boney M. I Don't Want to Put a Hold on You um, by Bernie Flint. Bernie Flint? Ooh. Well, there we go. Who's Bernie Flint? I don't know. Something cavemen used to do. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie Flint. Was he, was he half of McGuinness Flint with Tom McGuinness who used to be in Manfred Mann, possibly? Uh, I, might, I might just be thinking that's him because he's called Flint. But well, yeah. Maybe I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. I haven't got that information. I'm so sorry. Number nine was Mary McGregor with Torn Between Two Lovers. Oh, I've vaguely heard that. I wouldn't have known who did it, though. But the way the font looks on my on my pad here makes it look like Tom Between Two Lovers. <laughs> Which is a, a very exciting prospect for Tom. <laughs> yeah, lucky old Tom. No, Bernie Flint won Opportunity Knocks. Ah, okay. no, it's a different, a different Flint. Flint. Yeah. He's from Southport and he's still going. Excellent. Oh, Probably still in Southport. Good old Bernie. Just up the road. Nice one. Number 10 was Boogie Nights by Heatwave. Of course. And quick rundown of the American top 10. Number one, Rich Girl by Hall & Oates. Oh, yeah. Barbara Streisand with Evergreen, A Star Is Born in at number two. Wow. Dancing Queen by ABBA, number three spot. Don't Give Up On Us, says David Soul at number four. <laughs> Don't Leave Me This Way at number five, Thelma Houston. Good song, that. It is. Fly Like an Eagle, says Steve, Steve Miller, Miller yeah. at number six. Bob Seger is showing oh, off his yeah. night moves. Oh, <laughs> night moves. <laughs> Bob Seger, you forget about him. Like the, yeah, How the, would you mid, just... the Midwest Springsteen. No, oh, the Midwest Springsteen. Yeah. Is that on his T-shirts he sells at his shows? <laughs> 10CC were in the oh. number eight spot with... In the States, um, 77. Um, I reckon that's not the one that's... Uh, it's the one that they did after... I don't know, Dreadlock Holiday? No, 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 I'm that was love, later. No, um, not in Love, the one that's almost like Not in Love. Uh, and Mandy Fly Me? No, I no, there's one, one that's a direct line. It's like if you've yeah, got not Dreadlock Holiday love. and Not in Love and drew a line between it and bisected it. Yeah, what's it called? The Things We Do For Love. The Things yeah, We Do For Love. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not what I'm thinking of. But that, yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, Cream and... What's its face? Godly and Cream. Uh, we're still in that that point, just yeah, about. Look, this isn't a 10cc podcast. We well, need to move on. If only it were, though. Hark! <laughs> 10cc. Hashtag. <laughs> no, they did one. Uh, they did no, one. No, he's still going. Uh, that was not... Uh, I'm not in love. Oh, God, right. Okay. Right. While on. he's doing that, I'll tell you that number nine was Kenny Nolan. Oh. I like dreaming. I, I don't know him. And Mary McGregor was at number 10 in America with Christ. Tom between two lovers. <laughs> so, there you go. What about 1977 films? I'm sure you must be able to name some of those while Steve uh, is still doing his research. Oh, heck. 
Um, I feel like I should be able to, yeah. Um, I don't know what... Uh... Um, well, Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. The biggest grossing film in America, certainly in 1977, and I suspect worldwide. Mm. It's a good, it's, you know, there's a, f- a few good films on there. 1977. Think- uh, Suspiria was released in 1977. It may well have been. It certainly wasn't one of the top grossing well, films. Well, of course no. it wasn't, though. Uh, yeah. Think what? Car Chases. Uh, French Connection. No, nope. that was, <laughs> that was 1974. Really uh, more car chasey than that. More comedy than that. I say car chases, basically. Oh, well, uh, no. Uh, oh. um, cannonball Run. No. Oh. The other one that would be on an ITV in the afternoon. <laughs> uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit. Marvellous. Second highest grossing film of 1977. Yeah, it's good. It beat Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering what uh, Spielberg was up to. There we go. Which itself beat Saturday Night Fever. Oh, ah, of course, yeah. I, I, I knew there was a reason why I thought the Bee Gees ought to be in the charts. There yeah, I suspect they were in the album charts, yeah. which I haven't got here. The Goodbye Girl, I don't know that one. The, the, their big singles must have come in like 78 then. Possibly. Yeah. Off the back of the film. Well, it may, may well be. Maybe they'll crop up soon. The Goodbye Girl, I've never heard of. No. Number six, A Bridge Too Far. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a brilliant I'm film. afraid, sir. Uh, we might have gone a bit of a bridge too far. It's like there the we go. That's the name of the film. <laughs> it's how every film should end. It's just someone saying the title of the film. Imagine you I'm did so that. fed up of all of these Star Wars. Yeah, I think everyone in the cast should say it all at once, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Deep was number seven. That's uh, basically someone made that because Jaws was successful. Yeah, oh, it yeah. was. Yeah. Number eight was a Bond film. Moonrake? No, no, it was The Spy Who Loved Me. It was The Spy Who Loved Me. Like Heavens Above Me, The Spy Who Loved Me. Number nine was a film called Oh God! (laughs) It's got an exclamation mark at the end. Oh, there we go. And number ten was Annie Hall. Oh. Lardy Dar. There we go, yeah. Best picture that was. Uh (sighs) I promise you, listeners, we are nearly done with this crap. Carry on. Um, he's already gone wrong. Isn't carry on. That's oh, the irony. He's oh, already oh. gone wrong. Is this the last one? We're not talking no, about it's carry not the on. last one, but oh. we are talking about carry on. Oh. This is a strange one. You'll never guess this one. It's the last one. No, but it's not the last it's one. A, it's a carry on film, but it's not called carry on something. Is that what you're trying it's to tell us? It's called something carry on. What's it? Never carry stop on? carrying on. One word. Who carry on? <laughs> Don't don't carry on. Don't, don't carry on. <laughs> Definitely what it should have been called. Carry. I'm gonna put you. It's called. It's called. That's carry on. Oh, and can oh you, almighty! Can you guess what type of film it was? Is it a compilation? Yes, it was a compilation episode, and I've written one word. <laughs> Shite. I've written a one-word note here, and it just says pissing. <laughs> So the conceit of this film is that Barbara Windsor and Kenneth Williams get trapped in a film vault somewhere as themselves, not as characters. And they look through old film reels of carry-on films they've made. During the entire thing, Kenneth Williams more and more needs to have a wee. Wow. And so they cut, when you cut back to them, it's, more, it's basically about Kenneth Williams needing a piss. Sounds like a documentary. <laughs> it might well have been. It was just yeah, CCTV footage <laughs> of a real-life event for 88 minutes. Oh, God, it sounds excruciating. No, yeah, right. Two TV adaptations of UK programmes. TV film... Uh, sorry, the film of Are You Being Served? Which oh, was God. A sitcom about a department store, which was very... 
Well, it's not one of my favourites, let's put it that way. The UK film industry really pulling its weight at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> a film of the TV show The Sweeney, but it was called Sweeney! With an exclamation mark, for some reason. But that should have been the musical version, surely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Jabberwocky, the Terry Gilliam film. Oh, yeah. Which is essentially a Python film, just post-Python, mm. but before Meaning of Life's come out as well. So I like Jabberwocky. And then I've just written down all manner of sex comedies, because you just go down this list uh, of British films in the UK and it's all like confessions of her and lots of things that should be called confessions of her. Robin Asquith. Yeah. We weren't doing great stuff. But no. I thought I'd have a little look at, as I've done before, Disney in 1977. Because, hmm. you know, Disney Plus is launching soon. Disney's such a powerhouse now. And it's so famed for its animated films, but it wasn't always thus. So tell me if you've heard of any of these Disney films. The Littlest Horse Thieves... Classic. Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Well, well, we've heard of Winnie the Pooh. Yes. A Tale of Two Critters. So is, is that is that going to be like Dickens with like ferrets or something? Presumably, <laughs> I assumed it was like a uh, an early version of the Critters films from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it is like a Critters film, but based on Dickens. That would be great. That would be it, yeah. The Rescuers. There we go. We've heard of the rescuers. Yes. That was quite a, a well-known one. Herbie goes to Monte Carlo. Yeah, yeah definitely enough. Which <laughs> Herbie, which finder general yeah. goes to Monte Carlo <laughs> yeah. on the way to the Vatican, presumably. Herbie, which finder general, be uh, <laughs> still still best idea of a film come up with. I think Pete's Dragon. Mm-hmm. which has been since remade. I attempted to watch over the Christmas period and couldn't get more than five minutes nah. in. And a film called Candleshoe. Oh. Which I believe features a young Jodie Foster. Sounds like I was in charge of their output that year. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, Candleshoe. <laughs> yeah. Budget approved. Stamp. <laughs> From the office of Royston. <laughs> Jodie Foster plays a girl with candles in her shoes. Or are her shoes made of candles? We just don't know. Five million. Either way, it's a hit. <laughs> Animated segments where mice put candles in her shoes. <laughs> Bernard Breslau plays the candle maker. <laughs> of course he He's does. still on the books since one of our dinosaurs is missing. <laughs> Open the big... Yeah, list of stars. Thwack. <laughs> B. <laughs> Breslau. Get me Breslau. So yeah, I hope now we're back for 2020, people aren't disappointed. <laughs> that we're, we've not made any changes, no. particularly here. We've not, not progressed. If anything, we may have regressed. <laughs> we've yeah. quite possibly have. We're nearly done with Carry On Films, so maybe this stuff will lessen. How many more have we got to go in the... Not counting that stupid one they made in the Oh, 90s. we're counting that. That's yeah. going to crop up. We've technically got two more to come, oh, right, but okay. only one in the immediate future. I was going to say, right. is there a... I'm not a... going to start talking about the stage plays and things oh, like that. Oh, God, let's the not. The what? There's all sorts. Was there? Okay, so what we'd normally do at this point in our bonus episodes, or what we have normally been doing for the past few episodes, is look at the fantasy casting of the TV adaptation of the 87th Precinct. And we've gone through a few characters... And we had planned to do the Stool Pigeons, Danny Gimp and Fats Donna. But we've decided to give you an extra month to think about it. But what I'm also suggesting, and I'm putting this forward to the committee, Uh and you can hear committee live as I do this, is that we actually reserve that to be an online exercise. 
what I am discovering is, not from feedback, just from instinct, that we get to a point in this bonus episode where I then show you loads of pictures that no one else can see. Ah. And we also don't include anyone in the voting. Whereas actually this would be a good opportunity for everyone to, for each book that we do, we'll still pick who we're going to cast and we'll, we'll look at the results of the votes, but we're going to do it online. So we'll get our heads together as well for some suggestions ourselves. So that's mm. not going to change. But we try and include everyone in it more and more rather than spend 20 minutes of your time with us looking at my iPad in a room that you can't see. I suppose there is something to that, yes. <laughs> so we're going to put some of the effort back onto you, dear listener. <laughs> some people have come up with some ideas for mm. Danny Gimp and Fats Donner already, which I've is great. A couple of good ones floating around, yeah. So yeah. what are we going to do? Present to the short list and then, then it's we'll voted it on and then... The results announced in the the following yeah. episode. So okay. I have or announced online, but discussion will carry on in this in this format. It's also it reduces slightly the need for us to come up with brilliant ideas. <laughs> Generally, a matter of hours, if not minutes, before we've started. <laughs> because generally speaking. We've had some very good suggestions from people. Definitely. And it would be nicer that rather than just us making it up as three people who live in almost exactly the same situations (laughs) in the same place with the same backgrounds and the same, generally the same opinions that uh, we could open it up. So that's why we're not doing it this month. So keep an eye out on social media for that. I will figure out a way of doing it and it'll mean I can share pictures as well, rather than just saying names on a podcast. If that's all right with you fellas. Well, it sounds very reasonable. It does indeed. Fantastic. Now, I didn't mention in the main podcast, but the next book we will be looking at... Which one is, is it? Calypso. Do you remember anything about that? Doesn't sound very good, does it? Calypso. That sounds great. Calypso. It's not just a study of the Calypso form of music as it originated in the islands of the West Indies. I can't remember anything about it. And I, it's, it's yet another one that I've never read before, so... It's funny, because I, I could not remember this one very well at all. Like, for, for halfway through, I just could not remember for the life of me where it was going, and then I was like, oh, yes, this is all to do with the army. As as we've said, I think, several times, you know, that's the joy of McBain's. They they are occasionally easy to forget, but that makes the joy of rereading them, hmm. you know, last. Yeah. Either that or we've got brain injuries. Well, I think any time you read this many books in a series, you, you the, the, yeah. the details of the individual ones are going to kind of going to fade a bit, aren't they? There'll yeah, be definitely. some that you'll remember really clearly, but uh, yeah, really nice to revisit, definitely. And uh, as I'm rapidly realising, I've read far fewer of these than than you two, so I'm experiencing a bunch, a bunch of them for the first time, which is great. Well, before too long, I'm going to be entering a period where there's quite a few I've not read Oof. that I've got on my shelves, so Oof. I'm looking forward to that, including some of the really big, you know, box office names in the 80s as well. Ah, so cracking. I'm quite excited about that. I think when we get to the uh, 80s is where my interesting editions come out. Ooh, quite a few hardbacks. Those. Ah, there we go. That's all, it's all to come, oh. ladies and gentlemen and everyone. It's going to be a good year. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a good next two years while we try and get this finished. <laughs> and before we go, quick uh, roundup: uh, what's anyone reading now outside of the 87th Precinct? 
I just finished, uh, which I was telling you about the other day, a Margaret Miller. Oh, yes. Ooh, which was one? absolutely brilliant. Uh, the Stranger in My Grave. Oh, it's a cracker, isn't it? Have you read that? Yes. It's really yeah. good, isn't it? It's terrific. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was really impressed with that. That's only yeah. the second of hers I've read. I'm very much on the lookout for more Margaret Millers because, um, yeah, excellent. Yeah, quite Yeah, quite an interesting plot in that, actually. Yeah. I haven't bit, started quite, in on my Margaret Miller yet. On. I've it's got, funny because she never really gets mentioned in like the scheme of things, and I don't know why. Gets like, gets overlooked a bit, which is quite interesting. Um, I think. And then I'm about a quarter of the way through a uh, John Dixon car at the moment. Oh, brilliant! Which is fairly nuts. The first Gideon Fell. Uh, Has someone book. been killed in a room yet? They have. Ju- well. Uh, the light's just gone out. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Oh, you'll be, you'll be ganting to get back home to yeah, read that. Yeah, 1933, that. He wrote those over a big old time spell. So, yeah, the first one, 1933. Yeah. So what about you, quite, Morgan? Quite what's, what's troubling your nighttime read? Uh, um, just coming to the end of um, uh, The Dispossessed by Ursula Le Guin. Oh, right, yes, I've got that downstairs. I've never She's, read that. It, it, it's marvellous. I've, I've never really read a, a, a bad Le Guin. I've not read any um, Le Guin stuff for donkey's years, not since I was young, basically. I was going through the sci-fi shelves yeah. at the library, yeah. so I really must revisit. I definitely haven't read that yeah. one, but I have got it downstairs. Oh, that's cracking. I'm uh, enjoying it very much. And I am currently... I, As I, we discussed before, we, I've read Guns by McBain recently, mm. but I am currently getting stuck into The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Oh. Tolkien because I am getting currently quite obsessed with Middle-earth again. Which I'm not ashamed about. No. And it's very interesting. I tried to read The Silmarillion when I was younger and I'd read The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings was a struggle back in those days when you're a bit younger because it's it's a heck of a tome. But I tried to read The Silmarillion and it's like, oh no, this is there's no story here. But actually, if now I'm older and I'm able to read it as, understand it as being like a mythological saga being presented almost in that sort of language... It's all right. I'm getting it. Okay. I'm getting it now. So there you go. I'm stuck into that world. So if I start changing this podcast to be all about <laughs> about elven history, then you'll know what's caused it. <laughs> oh, heck. <laughs> Sheet. <laughs> but anyway, I think you can guarantee that one of the books we'll read before we next uh, come to do the podcast will be Calypso That's by Ed well. McBain. And until that time, I'm going to say ta for now. Bye. Goodbye. Fare thee well.